Hey everyone, welcome to this week's message from Greenville Vineyard. Hope you've all had a good week, hope you're all well, and uh, you're ready to join in us as we continue in the fourth on our heroic series that we've been looking at. You can catch up with previous ones on our website, Facebook, YouTube, and even on our podcast on iTunes. And at the heart of this heroic series that we've been digging into is this notion, you were created for more. You were created for more. God has created and called you and I to be someone in his kingdom. Not to settle for a lesser existence that's in an effort to be more palatable to the world around us, but rather to the greater existence that God calls us into. To live lives that are spent in following him and in partnering with him as he advances his kingdom, rule and reign through the gospel of Jesus Christ here on earth. And as we do that, and as we dig faithfully into that, God promises us a great reward. He promises that one day he will bring heaven and earth together, and that in that we have a place, and that we have a great work to do, and we will rule and reign with him. Just an incredible, great story. And this week, as we continue that series and look at all the different elements that it takes to be heroic in that call, because God calls us to be his heroes in his kingdom advancing story, I want to dig into the whole issue of faithfulness. Just being faithful, sticking in, lasting to the end. You know, I'm kind of reminded of the story of Samwise in in the story of the um, Lord of the Rings. And as you're going through that whole, if you've watched the movies, uh, spoiler alert, what happens is you get to this point where Samwise is really being faithful to his buddy Frodo, really helping him to get this, this, this evil ring to its destination, the one place where it can be destroyed. And throughout it, it just gets harder and harder for him to remain faithful to Frodo because Frodo is starting to treat him badly. Frodo is starting to waver. He's listening to different voices and things get hard. And eventually Frodo sends Samwise away. And that is the, the seal of doom because Frodo needs Samwise to complete the task. But in the end, as it looks like it's all over, Samwise appears out of nowhere because actually he didn't go away. He kept on behind, he kept following, and he was faithful to the end. And because of him, the you know good ones out in the end, he was faithful. He stuck it in even when it was difficult. He was one of the true heroes of that story. And you know, in every hero's journey, the adventure loses its novelty, it loses, it, loses its excitement, and it just gets tough. Uh, the hero gets disillusioned, sight of the goal is often lost, and the temptation to compromise or even quit gets stronger and stronger. It's a real time of testing, a real time of decision-making, and it's often a time when our will and our spirit have to overcome what our body and our many emotions are telling us. It's a time to be faithful in spite of the adversity that we find ourselves in. So this is what we're going to dig into today. We're going to look at David in Daniel chapter, uh, not David, we're going to look at Daniel in chapter, chapter uh, Daniel chapter 6. <laughs> I'll get there in the end, guys. And so uh, let's pray before I get into that. Father, thank you that you are faithful to us. Jesus, thank you that you are faithful to us. Holy Spirit, Thank you that you're faithfully present with us, empowering us to do all that the Father's asked us to do. 
So as we go through this message, looking at the life of Daniel, just considering the subject of faithfulness today, would you increase our faithfulness? Would you strengthen us? Would you help us to remain steadfast and loyal and true to you? In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. Amen. So you can open up to Daniel Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to read from verses 10 through to 13. And so if you're not familiar with the story, this is what's going on. Daniel has been in exile in Babylon for a long time. He was in Judah and Babylon conquered, conquered Judah. Daniel got taken into exile, had served Nebuchadnezzar, had served his son, and basically been part of the civil service of that empire right up until this point where a new king comes into place and his name is Darius. And so as Darius comes in to rule over the whole empire, there's like 120 type of different provinces. He sets up leaders over those provinces and then he puts three uh, major leaders over all of those other leaders and Daniel's one of them. And Daniel's just so good at his job, getting stuff done, even though he's probably about 70 years old now, just super, super faithful, uh, very full of integrity and everything that you'd expect from somebody doing that job, that Darius decides that he is going to put da uh, Daniel over everything. I keep wanting to say David today, I don't know why. But Darius wants to put Daniel over everything. And all the other leaders get jealous about this and they want to try and put a stop to it because they don't like him. One, because he, they, as, they, as the story says, one of the exiles, they don't, they don't like him because he's a foreigner, right? And so they want to try and find a way to trick Daniel and to find a way to accuse him so they can get rid of him. But he's so good at what he's doing. He is not corrupt. He's faithful and he's gifted at what he's doing. In the end, they decide the only way we're going to catch this guy, the only way we're going to get rid of him is if we do something according to his religion. Because the thing is, is Daniel had a reputation for being faithful to Yahweh, for being faithful to his God. And so they find a way to, to, to turn that into a weakness. So what they do is they go up to Darius the king and they say, hey, let's make a rule that for one month, nobody can pray to anybody but you. They can't pray to any other God but you. And if they do pray to somebody else other than you, O king, will throw them in the lion's den. Make that a law of the Persian and the Medes, and that a law is irrevocable. Even a king can't go against it. And the king obviously has got a little bit of pride in him. goes, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. And he passes the law. So now Daniel's enemies just wait. Because what happens, and this is where we're going to take the story up from. So starting at verse 10, it says this. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. 
So the story goes on, and Darius is a little bit disturbed by this because Daniel's actually his favorite. He really likes Daniel. And so he spends the rest of the day trying to figure out a way to get Daniel out of this. He doesn't throw him in the lion's den straight up. So the day goes by, evening time's coming, and all these unscrupulous officials come back and they say, hey, king, remember you said this law, Daniel needs to face justice. And the king realizes that he has to obey his law. There's nothing he can do. So he gets Daniel arrested and brings him over. And he says, hey, Daniel, pray to your God and hope that he can save you from these lions because of your faithfulness to him. Daniel's like, okay. And so they put him in the lion's den. How, how it worked, whether it was a ditch or a, a cave, who knows what the deal is. But they lock him in there overnight. And so the night goes through, the king's pretty stressed out, doesn't want any of his regular entertainment, he fasts for the night, he's sleep troubled or probably even sleepless, and he waits till the morning. And in the morning he gets up at first sun, as, as the sun's coming up, he runs out and he yells, Daniel, Daniel, has your God saved you? And Daniel comes out and he says, yes, he has saved me. He closed up the mouths of the lions, they haven't harmed me all night, they've done nothing to me. So the king brings him out, and this is where the story gets proper gruesome. The king brings him out, he's really happy about it, and then he calls for all those accusers, all those people who tricked him into making this law, and he throws not only them, but their wives and their children into the lion's den, and all of them are basically killed and, and just savaged by the lions straight away, hence the story. Then the king writes to the rest of the empire, talking about how great Daniel's God is, and so on and so on and so on. But the key of the story is this, Daniel's faithfulness, regardless of the situation he found himself in. And this is what I want to dig into today. So what do we need to be faithful like Daniel? Well, the first is this, is that it requires a trusting God. Keeping the faith requires trusting in God, trusting his promises, trusting that he'll be with us there, even if things are going to go wrong for us. You see the story also in elsewhere in Daniel as well with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when Nebuchadnezzar throws them into the fiery furnace. And they say to Nebuchadnezzar, even if we die, even if it goes wrong for us, we will still not stop serving our God. We will still remain faithful to him and not to you. And uh, sometimes people are martyred. They do have to pay that price. But in this story in Daniel, God is busy delivering his people to make a point to the Persians, the Medes, and the Babylonians. And so we find the story as Daniel, he's probably, actually I said he was probably in his 70s earlier. Actually, I think he was probably more like in his 80s, somewhere around there. He was pretty old. And he's lived in Babylon for a good 60, 70 years. We're not entirely sure, but that's, that's, that looks like where we're at. And all through this, he has continued to be, remain faithful to Yahweh. He's continued to believe God to be who the scriptures, the Old Testament, the Pentateuch that he read, claimed God to be. And so even though he was in an environment where his faith and his God and his religion were not respected, David's, uh, Daniel, I've said David again. Uh, da Daniel's faith would have been disdained by the Babylonians because obviously his God wasn't strong enough to stop them from being delivered from the Babylonians when they destroyed Jerusalem. So obviously he's looked upon as somebody who worships a weaker God, a God who's inferior, and so on and so on. But through all this, even though he's got the opposition of everyone around him mostly, he has remained faithful to Yahweh that whole time, praying to God three times every day, 
all of his life. And so even though their environment was hostile around him, he still trusted in God's goodness and God's promises. He still believed that God was greater than all the other gods of the world. Um, and so as we begin to get to this and they catch him out and now he's going to be thrown into the lion's den, the temptation is to turn around and beg for his life. Or when the law is passed, the temptation is to not pray to his own God for you know, for those 30 days. But the thing is, is that this incident of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den is just merely a confirmation of how his life has been for the past 60, 70 years up to this point. He's always been in the lion's den. What I mean by that? Well, he's always been persecuted. He's always been under threat of death because he is a captive in a foreign land he serves a God that is not respected by the people of the land. And he's remaining faithful to that God and not worshipping the gods of the land. And so therefore, it's, he's always been on the verge of ending up in the lion's den. The fact that it takes as long to get him there is just a, a wonder of the story. And so we can learn a lot from Daniel. It's like, wow, that is some serious longevity. And the question is this, is can we do the same? You know, do you find yourself in an environment that is hostile to you being faithful to Jesus? Do you trust that God is with you? Well, if so, you're not alone because that's the way Daniel lived his life. And so to live that way requires a trust in God's promises. God promises to be with his people, to be faithful to his people, to give his people what they need to get through to the next stage. And this is what he trusted God to do. He trusted in God and he held on to God's promises. And you know, that is this challenge. Do we believe that we're better off with God than without him? Even though being unfaithful to God and compromising our beliefs for the world around us seems to be a much better option. That is always the challenge for every follower of Jesus in every generation ever since he went back to be with the Father. You know, a lot of our Christian faith can be rationally explained. You know, but when it comes to the promises of God and uh, us believing in them and them helping us through life and helping us to remain faithful, there comes a point where we just have to take blind steps of faith. It's just the way it is. Sometimes the situation around us doesn't look that great, but we know that we know that God said he's faithful and he's going to be with us and there's a reward in the end for our faithfulness and we just have to step out in that faith and just keep going forward. And for most of us, you know, it's, it's scary, it's difficult, it's challenging. Sometimes there are costs to be paid. But most of us who've done that a number of times can all say the same thing. That after a while, with hindsight, we know that God has remained faithful to us all along. It's kind of like a child trusting in their dad when their dad says, jump and I'll catch you. And, you know, the child has to jump in order to be caught, even if they're not sure if their dad is actually going to catch them. So it requires a trust in God's promises. It also requires a little bit of stubbornness or uh, a little bit of resolve, a determination to be faithful to the Lord even when others are pressing against you. A, a commitment, a decision to remain true to our word regardless of what other people would say. In that sense, stubbornness can be a gift, but it's like this whole thing of it. There comes a point where you choose, you're going to be for this person, come what may. 
And you know, we've got great examples of that around us all the time. Just look at a mom's devotion to her children. Moms choose to love their kids. In and out, they are committed. They, they stubbornly will be for them all their lives. And you know, that's kind of, we've got to bring some of that commitment, some of that covenantal love into our relationship with God, where we make a commitment to really love God, regardless of our feelings or how tough the situation is. We are going to love the Lord our God and remain faithful to Him, regardless of what's going on around. And so it's a decision to remain true, knowing that there may be many consequences along the way, but we choose to accept those consequences. We will keep going forward with the Lord. And that's how Daniel lived his entire life. And it's at this point, after many, many years, uh, where it is tested. And it's tested because people knew that he was faithful to God. People knew he'd made this commitment. He was known for his prayer life. And it was common knowledge that he was not going to give up his relationship with God for anybody, not even for the king or for the emperor. And then once once he begins to have to have to face the consequences of it, there's this last thing. It's where faithfulness needs help. Sometimes we just can't do it on ourselves. Sometimes we need God to help us out. In Daniel's case over here, we see God helping him out by saving him from the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see God helping him out by helping them out by saving them from the flames. With Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament, we see God helping them out by giving them the boldness and the strength to face their persecutions and even to face their deaths for the name of the gospel, for Jesus' own name. And so throughout that, the Holy Spirit is present, empowering those who love God to do what they need to do to remain faithful. And so as we read the book of Daniel, we become aware that the Spirit of God is always at work throughout the place, and we become aware, or we should become aware, that we need that same Spirit of God to strengthen us, to help us, to get through the tough times, and even to deliver us from them sometimes, which is always the preferred option, let's be honest. We always want to be delivered and vindicated, and we want God to come in and rescue the day, uh, to you know save us from that bad boss, to give us a better job than what we had before, and all those things. But sometimes we, we need God to give us that boldness, that grit, that determination to press through, and uh, to, to, to be heroic for his name's sake, even though we may suffer to a certain degree. And so faithfulness, faithfulness is important. To be a true hero of the kingdom, to be heroic in God's eyes, requires faithfulness. It requires a decision from you today, even now. Will I say yes to God, even when the whole world is telling me to say no? Will I say yes to his ways, even when the world is saying no? Will I continue to be faithful and serve him even when the rest of the world is saying, do something else? This is the message for you today. So uh, let's uh, take a moment, just dial it down a little and uh, invite the Holy Spirit to, to speak to each one of us. Father, thank you that you're here by your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you want us to be faithful, that you want to empower us to be faithful, that you want to strengthen us and so holy spirit i ask you to come right now would you come and convict those of us who have not been faithful convict those of us who are not following you 
for those of us who are in difficult situations where we want to be faithful but we're hard pressed would you come and give us the strength that we need the boldness that we need the let's call it spiritual stubbornness that we need to remain true to you would you come to those of us who are enduring hardship for your name would you strengthen us and press us through this time and for those of us who need deliverance would you come and deliver us Lord? would you rescue us from whatever metaphorical lion's den that we're in right now holy spirit come So wherever you are, God may well be speaking to you. Maybe he's convicting you about something that you need to turn from, that you need to say sorry for to him and to turn again in a different direction and be more faithful. Um, whatever it is, just let God minister to you right now. Maybe you're someone that doesn't follow Jesus. Faith is not a part of your life. And as you're listening today, you're feeling that conviction, that call to, to make right with God, to come to Jesus. Then if that's you... I really encourage you to do that right now. Uh, Jesus came so that you could be restored to the you that God made you to be. Restored to your original purposes. Uh, restored to being part of God's family and to advancing his kingdom here on earth. To be forgiven for all your sin, everything bad that you've ever done. But in order to do that, you have to give your life over to Jesus. You have to surrender everything. Everything has to be under his rule and authority. He gets to tell you what to do whenever he wants. And if that's you, I just encourage you right now to pray a prayer where you say that, where you surrender your life to Jesus, where you ask him for his forgiveness and where you ask him to give him, to give you his Holy Spirit. If you're not sure what to pray or how to start, just hold on to the end. A slide will come up. There's a little number you can text and you just text that number and we'll send a prayer to you, get in touch with you and help you to begin that journey of faith and begin following Jesus and the adventure that is advancing his kingdom here on earth. So please do that. But for the rest of you, I just encourage you just to let God minister to you right now. Let, let, let his Holy Spirit speak to your heart and choose now, regardless of your situation, to be faithful. Knowing that God will enable you to Walk this route of faithfulness out. And I challenge you, whatever you feel led to do right now, that you do that this week. And, and after you've watched this message, call somebody, text somebody, just tell them, I feel convicted by the Lord to do this so that they can call you out on it. So you've got some accountability. And then go out this week and, and step into that thing. Whatever it is you feel led to do, wherever God's asked you to be faithful. In the meantime, I'm going to close down this, this video and I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you before I go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Be blessed. May the Holy Spirit encourage you and strengthen you today. And uh, thanks for watching. Goodbye.